I'll rip your arm off. You know what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Might be called the five-point move. I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys from the United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. we got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the 5 Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor of 5pointmove.com. With me is world champion Olympic silver medalist Dennis Hall. Dennis, uh, we are, what, uh, not even, I mean, I guess you want to say a week or so? Uh, week out. Week out. Week out from the U.S. Open, U.S. Nationals, U.S. Open. People, that's colloquially kind of confusing. You know, like, because it's like the Nationals, but nobody calls it the Nationals, really. Everybody, like, just says the Open, the Open. Yeah, for the outsiders, probably doesn't make too much sense, but that's what all athletes call it. Right, the outsiders. Well, you know what, we we could use more outsiders. For sure. Outside interest. People watching is better for the sport. Right. Naturally. So, um, I mean, not to, not to beat a dead horse or anything like that. You know, obviously it's always been, I mean, certainly recently, last few episodes, it's, uh, you know, the weather, um, has kind of been a topic. You don't even get me going on the weather. No, I'm just saying, you know, what's funny <laughs> is I didn't show I, I should. I, dude, I should have showed my wife and I completely forgot to do it. Uh, if anything, I, I should probably make this like my like online like profile picture. But the the picture you texted me on <laughs> Sunday, like of you yeah. like, standing, like standing in the snow. <laughs> yeah. What was it, dude? Was that like what, like eighteen inches or something? Now, uh, in the, about two days, we got uh, twenty-eight and a half inches. Wait, so twenty-eight and a half? I was underselling yeah. it. Yeah, it, it sucked. Gosh, I'm not even trying to be funny, dude. But that's literally almost half your height, twenty-eight inches. Yeah, I mean that was like the worst snowstorm. Since uh, 1973 in Wisconsin. Really? Was that big a deal? Yeah, it was. I didn't even know it. I mean, I knew it. Like, I mean, I remember you, like, complaining about it. But, yeah, that's crazy. See? This is what I get for not paying attention what goes on in the cow state. What is wait? What is <laughs> what, sure. is, what is Wisconsin's uh you know like the under on the license plate? Wait, what? Uh Dairy State. The Dairy State. Oh, okay, all state. right. So I was yeah. off, but I mean, I was close. Yeah, I close. was close. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, you know, depending on how you look at it, you could have been on. Right. Well, either way, I just no. You know what? I almost feel bad because. You know, I saw, like, the picture, and I knew that there was a lot of snow coming into that area and, and, and things like that. You know, I'm not completely oblivious, but in my, in my mind, I I don't know. I, I just figured, okay, well, they're going to get a foot and change of snow. Big deal. I mean, that's that's life for them out there, isn't it? Like, what's – I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but not in April. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. It's not going to politicize the conversation. Yeah. There are, there are weather variances that we're seeing now, different weather patterns. I don't know. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> we talked about that already earlier today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was uh, uh, it was customizing for this time of year. I I never expected that much snow. Um, you know, it shut down. I I tried through the storm. I got my driveway cleared, and I got my car to be able to go out in my driveway. Well, I got I live uh, about seven miles from town. I got halfway to town. And there was two feet of snow in the middle of the road all the way across the road. And it was for about a half mile. So I had to turn back. I was going to go get some groceries. And I said, nah, nah, I ain't going to go. There's no no way I'm going to make it. I'll get stuck. And then I'm going to get pissed because I'm going to have to call a tow truck. So I just turned around and headed home and ate whatever was in my fridge. Well, you see, that's like the running thing over here. It's at New Jersey. Whenever there's a weather report, like that's, you know, like I, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same everywhere, but New Jersey, it's like you get the weather advisory, winter weather advisory, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you even get the, the text on your phone that say it, you know what I mean? Like it'll say like, Oh, you know, uh, since, yeah. Okay. I don't have to go into it. All right. So. And so obviously what that does is cause a chain reaction of sorts to where all of a sudden every grocery store within a, you know, 70 mile radius is packed with people stocking up on whatever, like, you know, bread, eggs, milk, water, whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, well, this is like a government kind of conspiracy to drive up the economy by scaring everybody into buying groceries because then what winds up happening is that instead of being like, you know, 16 inches of snow, it winds up being like four and, and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. That's how it goes here. You know what I mean? That's, that's what people kind of complain what I was about. Thinking. And with this weekend, you know, I, I think it had yeah, not much snow. They're, they've been off every prediction they've made on big storms this year. Well, they finally got one right. Yeah, no kidding. 28 inches, though. I'd love I'd I probably could do that job. Tomorrow, there's a chance of sun. Why don't we uh, see if Spencer Mango's interested in talking to us? Yeah. Spencer, mm-hmm. have you seen have you seen a good deal of matches um, internationally of uh, 55 kilos this year? Uh, I saw I saw some in Bulgaria. Um, it wasn't very very many competitors, but you know the top top three or so were were pretty tough. You know. Um, they, it's hard though, you know. It's not many guys that can make 55 with the new weigh-in procedures. Uh, make 55 and uh, you know make it again the second day with uh, a little weight allowance. So, yeah, I think it is going to be a lot more juniors um, coming up wrestling the seniors, and you know, I guess I guess we'll see. We'll see uh, how Vegas goes, but yeah, I'm not expecting it to be a, a very big weight class. Well, you know what else is like you say with the weigh-in procedures, the 55s won't. I, I, 
they're never going to have the chance to be monsters like they did um, back, like they were back in the day. You know, like they're just you're not going to have yeah, those yeah. guys who are giants wrestling fifty foot five, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I don't know. I'm, but yeah. I am pumped up for it. <laughs> I am. There was that wrestler from right. the Air Force, Spencer, um, who was re- like pretty damn tall, and I couldn't believe he was 55 kilos. What was his name? Joshua Haybeck. Do you remember Haybeck. Him? Army. Mm-hmm. Army. Yeah, Army. He was Army? Mm-hmm. Josh Haybeck. Yep. Yeah. He was like, I, I remember I saw him, and I was like, that guy's 55 kilograms, really? Like, right. he looked like, he was a, I don't know, he's a big dude. Like, you just won't see Josh and right. Haybacks walking around anymore. Like, they're all going to be sprites. No. They're all going to be, mm-hmm. like, somewhere around yours and Hall's height, you know? Just just trying to get by, right. make sense of their lives, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, WCAP has done a really good job uh, recently. I, I think they've, I mean, I've, I've only seen two, but there might be more. Um, I, I dig these videos that have come out of there. Have you seen them? I'm sure you have like the workouts and stuff like that. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is a cool idea because like the, the production values is like very good, very sharp. But, um, I know you've been out in California for, uh, the last bunch of days and then you were in Bulgaria for, oof, what was that? Like three weeks or something? 20, 23 days. I oh gosh. Yeah. You were there for a while. Um, How's uh how's Ryan doing? Um, not to make you his re, you know his uh, representative, his uh, <laughs> you know. I'm just saying, like you know, if I'm gonna ask anybody, I gotta ask you. So, um, how's Ryan? Yeah, yeah doing? No, he's and doing well. Like, yeah, he's doing well. I talked to him today. Uh, training hard, uh, on weight already. So, you know, not cutting anything, and you know, he said he's feeling good. So, ready to go. Oh wow, he's on weight already, huh? Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's good. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not going to mention names, at least not now, while we're doing this. But yeah, I've, I've, I'm hearing like the complete opposite from people. Um, you know, there's potentially like a couple of like decent sized names who uh, are already like they're not going to be able to do what everybody thought they were going to do, go where they everybody thought they were going to go. Uh, it seems like there's going to be some last minute shifting, not just for, not just for next week, but for Tulsa. Um, which mm-hmm. I'm very surprised, um, very surprised just because I, you know, you figure by now everybody kind of has an idea where they're going to go and what they're going to do, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think, um, there hasn't been enough opportunities for everybody to do the weigh-ins or something. I don't know. Um, right. but there just seems to be like a lack of confidence, uh, in making weights now. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of our guys really aren't, aren't cutting much weight. Um, we kind of discussed it. Uh, once we found out the new weigh-in procedures and figured it probably better, at least right now, to to not cut weight and, you know, kind of wrestle more of your, your natural training weight, you know, and see how you do because, you know, these these weigh-ins, a lot of these guys haven't weighed in like this since since high school, and it's it's brutal, you know. So, yeah, we're not yeah, uh, not too big on cutting weight. This year, Spence. Yeah, this year, yes. Yeah, this year. So, yeah, so it's supposed to be scratch weight, second day plus two. But yeah. uh, then after that, it's supposed to be scratch and then scratch again. 
So right, yeah, and uh, that's Hall went into yeah, Hall went to like a juice head to you over that last podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah, and, and I don't, and I like completely agree. I mean, the idea that they gave you, it's I don't understand it. It should, if anything, it's been counterproductive. If you're going to give the allowance, fine. You want to give the two keys on the second day, that's great and everything. Taking it away is nonsense because you either take it away. There should have been scratch and scratch this year or scratch and allowance next year, if anything, when it's a qualifying year, you know, um, well, mm-hmm. beginning of qualifying year. You know what I mean? Like the, the, I don't, that's the only thing I don't like about all of this. I'm cool with it myself. I love the idea of the way and the way that they're trying to do it. The only thing I don't like is that, that allowance this year, because what it's going to lead to inevitably is there are going to be plenty of, plenty of wrestlers who are going weights this year that they have no shot of making next year. They don't. I mean, right. Right. I just, so I don't understand it, you know, leading into yeah. like yeah, the year before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Then in Bulgaria, we weighed in. It was plus two kilos the first day, and then that same weight the second day. So, you know, it's I don't know, it's all over the place. But yeah, I think definitely now you should be a lot closer to the weight you want to wrestle. And I don't think it's going to be any more about who can cut the cut the most and recover the best. You know, it's wrestling closer to your natural body weight, your training weight, and then uh, competing like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think that we see a uh, you see higher quality matches, a better product when the guys aren't suffering to be there. You know, right? Um, and I think, I mean, athlete health should obviously be a, a paramount goal, but uh, we also need to, as a sport, put a, an awesome product out there for the audience. Um, seeing guys when they're obvious, they're 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 so not at their best. They're just not. I mean, even the next, even when, even when it was the next day, you know, even when it was dead Wayne's the night before or whatever, like still, if a guy's mm-hmm. dropping drastic, you're still not getting the best out of him the next day. There's no way. There's no way. Whether right. it, I pee the light all you want, like that's, <laughs> can't screw with mother nature, man. Like it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea that it could lead to better action consistently. I, I mean, you know, I think that's kind of important. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, you know, maybe I'm crazy thinking that we need to drive viewership. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Bulgaria was interesting. I know I wanted to ask you, I know Hall's been there and uh, Hall, you love Bulgaria, right? I don't know if I love it, but it was, it was okay. It's nice though. Isn't it? Isn't it a very nice, like, Kind of like uh, not, not when you go over there in February or March <laughs> during the summer, it's nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I but when I I'm not talking about temperature. I mean, just aesthetically, is a nice place. To oh, I'm talking about temperature. I uh, I warmed up in my jacket when I was in Bulgaria because the facility was so cold. All right, Spencer. What do you do? You have anything to add about Bulgaria? Because I want now, like he completely ruined my vibe. Like I was like all like excited <laughs> to ask, like how nice it was, what you like, you know, and all that stuff. And hey, it might have changed. I haven't been over there in a while. 
Yeah, it's 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 years. definitely changed. Uh, Sophia's a lot nicer now um, than when we first started going there with Yvonne uh, years <laughs> ago. But uh, yeah, it's a, it was a great tournament. Great tournament. Some uh, big names were there, and you know, guys were I'm were competing. I I will add though, the European guys did not like the the new way in rules, not at all. Well, that is. Yeah, I, I suppose that's to be expected. They've never dealt with it, right? So, right. So I think if anything, we have an advantage there, um, since all of our guys have wrestled some some folk style at some point and had to to weigh in and and wrestle. But yeah, they, these this is all new to them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hope it, it serves as some sort of advantage. Um, I mean. Obviously, it would be fantastic if, you know, our guys make weight, they're nice and used to it, they feel comfortable, and, like, everybody else is suffering. But I have a feeling that these things kind of even out after a while um, mm-hmm. once people get a system down or whatever. But, uh yeah, Petrov was uh, – I mean, it's always, like, a, a highly competitive tournament, but you're right. I, I, I mean, I watched – a whole ton of it live, um, and then I had to pour through it throughout the weekend and, you know, break it down and look at stuff, which wasn't easy because they didn't archive individual matches at first. I don't even know if they still nope. have one long, long, long video. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, I mean, I mean, it was. It was like the perfect kind of tournament to go to, uh, when you're like coming from that kind of camp too, where it's real long, I bet, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, it was, it was a good one. Definitely a good one. Hey Spencer, how's, uh, the training been going for the Army team? Uh, guys looking good right now? Oh yeah, you know, we're, we're, um, dealing with some injuries, you know, guys are a little banged up, but you know, you're never at a hundred percent, so. You know, we're going to go to the Nationals, uh, perform to the best of our ability, and, uh, you know, we look to to look to win. Did you guys do anything differently with the training, um, you know, with, with the way the rules are? And did you guys have to adjust from the last year, the way you guys trained from last year? Uh, yeah, you know, I think so. Uh, in Bulgaria, I was looking at the the way the the matches were being called and, you know, for the most part, within like the first 45 seconds, somebody was getting uh, hit for, for passivity and the guy was going down. So, you know, we're looking to to really come out hard, you know, get that, that first call or, you know, even score. And then, um, yeah. you know, once you, you get the you, you get a takedown, you get to go on top, score on top. You know, that kind of puts the match out of reach. You, you get a lift on top plus the one point already from uh, – your opponent being hit for passivity and, you know, you have a five point lead. So yeah. definitely uh, trying to look to sprint to start and, uh, you know, kind of go hard and build a lead and you know, hope to, to finish the match out. Just uh, another question for other Greco-Roman coaches for youth. Uh, how much time did you guys spend on parterre compared to on the feet? Uh, we spend, obviously we spend a little more time on, on the feet because, uh, you have to either score or, or be passive on your feet in order to even get to parterre. But, um, definitely spent more time than in the past just because, 
you know, scoring on, on your, uh, in Porter now is, is crucial and being able to defend is, is huge. Um, you definitely don't want to get into a, a big hole and then not be able to get Parter offered for the, you know, the remainder of the period. So definitely got to be in your game in, in Parter and we've been, uh, training to, to be efficient scorers and being able to defend. How'd, uh, how'd the Parter, uh, go overseas for the guys that were overseas? You know, were we able to defend or were we able to score? Uh, we were, we were, we looked a little rusty. Um, some of the, the calls that I saw, like I saw one of the guys from France get hit for fleeing the hold for, for moving in parterre. Um, you know, I saw some, some legs, phantom leg fouls being called, but you know, that's just stuff we have to deal with and, um, kind of get used to the way that the rules are going to be called so that we can, you know, be obviously get better at it. But, you know, we definitely need some work. I feel like that's one position that, us as Americans can always improve upon, um, you know, but we're, we're getting better. That's good. Right. You know, that, that's one of the, the most challenging parts is I've seen it called so many different ways. You know, I, it's just to the point where, you know, I, I don't really care what the rules are. Just be consistent with the way you call it. You know, just if we know the way that it's going to be called, then we can adjust to it. But, you know, not knowing how, how it's going to be called is really the, the biggest problem right now. Uh, in Bulgaria, you know, I saw, you know, guys with an underhook moving a guy, and then he, the guy with the underhook is negative wrestling because he's not he's not scoring with his underhook within a you know a certain amount of time. The and the guy's got his head down and his ass backwards. Right, you know, so yeah, Who's it's strong? it's hard. That's, that's it's so hard. Yeah, drives me nuts. Mhm. You know, but yeah, I mean, if it's if we could just get consistency on the way that it's being called. Mm-hmm. I got a question. Like when you were in Bulgaria, how many times did you see the same guy go down twice? Did it um, happen? It happened. It happened a few times. Um, it just kind of depended on what the, the score of the match was. So a lot of times I saw that when a guy was ahead by, you know, four or five points, they yeah. kind of just let them go with the second period. They didn't, they, nobody went down. And then in like zero, zero matches or, you know, one, zero in the case, like after the first period, one guy has a one, zero lead, you know, they yeah. picked the other guy, but um, for the most part with, I mean, of course, outside of when a Bulgarian was wrestling, he got to go on top every time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> other, than, <laughs> other than that, you know, it was, um, you know, I didn't have, too much of a problem with you know who they were calling it's just the i feel like that very first call um with the parterre being optioned was just kind of like a guessing game unless somebody was just clearly dominant they just you know pick a guy and he'd go down you know two guys could be sitting in the middle head up chest to chest pummeling hard and you know 45 seconds to a minute in there they're just picking red or blue you know yeah. so uh you know not really i saw I mean, the refs are, were given some of those matches are crazy, like, you know, 40, 45 seconds for the top guy to score. They really, I feel like they really wanted to score on Parterre. Um, and, you know, I think that, like I said, that just makes it a little bit easier because I, the matches that I saw, if somebody gets out to, you know, a four-point lead, then they don't have to call anybody that second period. They kind of just let them wrestle. So, you know, I think 
yeah, they, it was really an emphasis on on the guy, the top guy, giving him plenty of time to be able to score and, you know, trying to get the match um, points on the board that way. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, unless Hall has one more question, I don't know if he does. He very well may. Uh, um, I'm good. Uh, he, okay. I will. I, I certainly didn't want to speak for you. Uh, I don't know what you have. Nope. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you, no, have, I, you have index cards. I just asked. <laughs> I asked the questions that I thought were good. So. Oh, you don't got to get defensive. It's, I'm, I'm just no, saying. It's, in, <laughs> nah, it's interesting to hear his responses to the questions and how things are called. How's, uh, how's, uh, Max Nowry doing? Uh, he's doing great. Uh, been training hard. Um, Peyton uh, from uh, De La Salle's been working out Peyton with him Omanda, a little bit. Yeah, so, Cadet World Team member in yeah. 2016. Oh yeah. Mhm. So yeah, we've been working out with Peyton. He's been giving him some good looks. I've been jumping in there. He's you know ready to go. All right. Well, uh, look. Obviously, we appreciate you coming on, appreciate you hanging out. I love it when you come on more than anything because uh, I just feel safer. I feel like <laughs> – I feel like – like I feel like – like I wouldn't say that you've got my back because, I mean, ultimately, it's two athletes versus me. Okay? I mean, that's 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 the <laughs> dynamic. At the end of the day, that is the it's dynamic. Nice. It's, it's like good cop, bad cop anyway. Like, so even if Spencer disagrees with me, he doesn't insult me. Whereas, like, if Paul disagrees with me, like, I, I feel embarrassed and, like, I don't know what to do. And, like, you know, so it's like I like having Spencer on because uh, it's the voice of reason. That's what I call him. So, I mean, he's like the he's like the, the third the third host, I guess, in a way. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Spencer, look, go do what you got to do. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck to you and your guys. Good talk to you next week. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so we, we were forced to switch gears a little bit. Dennis Hall left for Las Vegas before this episode was finished. Before he took off for the desert, we had plans to record more material, have another guest, so on and so forth. But five-point move concerns, stuff with the platform, especially approaching U.S. Open week, pretty much took priority. And life in general just got a a little bit busy for both of us uh, to do this in the most effective, productive way possible. Even still, another guest was the plan. And that next guest is Joe Ussolini. A lot of people are familiar with Joe Ussolini by now. He was a Northern Michigan kid. He went to school and wrestled with Andy Bisick, Harry Lester, Spencer Mango, Joe Betterman, Jake Fisher. In fact, Ussolini is in Vegas to coach Fisher, who Jake Fisher, who's come back to the sport after a two-year hiatus. Some of the topics we talk about with Joe are the difference between coaching seniors and youth athletes. Um, the importance and prestige of the U.S. Open and what that used to mean and what it hopefully will again, at least in our estimation, and just some other kind of fun topics to sort of set the mood for what's happening down there. So without any further delay, here is Joe Ussolini. Okay, well, Hall is currently in Las Vegas, and so we're going to pick up the slack with him and welcome in our next guest that is NMU alum, 
Kirby Freestyle founder Joe Ussolini, who actually is also in Las Vegas, believe it or not. Um, Joe, I want to start with a question right off the bat, and I am not asking you this to break your balls, okay? Um, <laughs> no, seriously, because it's out of love, and I'm just curious. You placed at the Senior oh, Open yeah. in 2014. Is that not correct? Yeah. Okay. Correct. How do you not win the Masters Nationals? <laughs> oh, man, it's a good question. Um, did you see that one coming? No. Uh, you know, so last year I came in, and I was three pounds over the weight class that I entered this year. And I um, I went up to 88 kilos, and I was like, wow, these guys are in shape. And I was like, next year I come back, I'm going to make sure that uh, I get my weight class and I just clean house. And, um, it just first round just didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't see the match. So walk me through it for a second. What happened? <laughs> so I, uh, I get two on one. I get a, uh, dominating position. He throws a bad arm throw. I get on top. I hit a four point throw. I'm up six, nothing. I look to lift again. And then all my uh, all my energy just went. I had no idea what happened, and so I, I uh, second period just <laughs> everything came like I I just got like sick, and I just lost. Uh, I think I lost eight to six. Right, I saw the score. So was it like an adrenaline dump, that sort of thing? Uh, actually, I had a trainer come look at me, and he said I had a sinus infection. So he gave me a Benadryl, and he said you shouldn't wrestle anymore. And I said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, so, to wait! You took Benadryl and then proceeded to wrestle more matches." Yeah, so I had uh, like a ten. Well, I I think it so took me like twenty five minutes. We give our kids Benadryl if they're like under the weather, and we want them to go to sleep earlier. That's why we give it to them. Just. <laughs> He said that I had some problems with my equilibrium. I don't know. He said my equilibrium was all jacked up based upon what he was saying. And so he just gave me Benadryl. And I said, hey, like, when's this going to kick in? I think I have a match in like 15 minutes. <laughs> and he's like, probably probably not that quick. <clears throat> and, um, and so I was like, well, whatever. And the second match um, lasted just under the first period, which was about the first that's when I started getting tired the first match. So um, I was able to get the tech fall there. And then my third place match against um, uh, Estrada, that uh, I I was able to go to the full six. So it did enough to clean my passages up to where I could breathe. Um, I think just the traveling from Northeast Regionals, um, the three days in that gym. And then, you know, I just, I didn't feel sick, but it just, I couldn't breathe. Okay. Well, there's so. really no excuses once you're on the mat, I think, but either way. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I was I was just picking myself up. I got to just get up. I kept throwing it. Well, you know, I didn't. I kept everything ever I had in the tank. I was ripping. It just wasn't. This is, my body wasn't listening to me. Now, as a coach, I'm looking at a kid, and you can tell the kid's not prepared or you know, but this is the same thing as they go through coach. Like, you know, you can see when all of a sudden they're not listening. So I knew I was in trouble. But 
But I have to do it again. It's just another excuse to come back. All right, all right, yes. Um, and just to confirm, you're <laughs> you're not entering the the senior portion of this event, right? <laughs> no, not a chance. I, <laughs> there's, I still, I can't. I don't know if you can tell my voice. I'm still like nowhere near what these. I need to be to dress with these guys. These are too much respect. Oh, too much respect. Respect what? You, you saw what I, I messaged you. There's no proof there's anything after this. There's no proof that we live on after we die. We don't know what happens. This is your only life You know what it's get. like to, like, I felt like I was having a heart attack in my first match. I don't know what the hell happened to my brain. Like, I'm not out of shape. I train, I train all the time. Like, but I don't know what happened. I don't want to go through that again. <laughs> I it's not, I'm not worried about what I'm losing. I don't physically want to collapse. I'm, I'm going to watch the what? match, and then I'm going to contact Flo and ask them to, like, <laughs> so I can make gifts out of it. <laughs> Listen, if you like train wrecks, you'll love this. All right. I'm only teasing you. Um, I actually have uh, pretty legitimate questions for you. I didn't bring you on just so okay. we could, you know, tease each other. Um so you're uh, you're there with the returning Jake Fisher. Yes. You have already, you know, in years past, events past, and things like that, have acted as a coach for other senior athletes, contemporaries of yours, on occasion. When you, yes. what is the difference? The biggest difference that you have experienced thus far, since you've been, you know, a legit full time coach over the past decade or whatever it is now, what is the legitimate biggest difference you experience dealing with senior athletes as opposed to the age group athletes you coach on a full-time basis? Uh, the senior athletes already have a game plan. Um, I think that's the biggest thing to know how they want to win. Um, a lot of my younger guys, um, you know, if they're throwing before the position set up or, you know, they're, they're panic throwing. They're just not quite sure. They know they learned a bunch of moves and they're just trying to hit them all in one show. Um, then some of my better younger athletes are starting to find their groove and they're finding their game plan. Uh, senior guys already know what they want, uh, and how they want to execute. And then if there has to be any subtle changes during the match, um, you know, we make those changes or, you know, discuss those changes at the, at the break. Um, so I would say that's the biggest difference. Well, for you, from you know, from a, I would think as a you know a, a deeply personal standpoint, I think of Cheney Hayde. I think of now uh, you know Jake Fisher coming back, and these are two guys you have you know intense friendships with. I mean, Jake Fisher's your brother-in-law for crying out loud. When you're coaching a close friend. Is the dynamic in the corner all business, or is there more of like a I don't know, like a like an oh, wait a minute I don't want to say the word intimate because that makes it sound kind of weird, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you know each other so well, I'm, I'm guessing that like maybe in that instance there's not so much that needs to be said anyway. But like, how does that? I'm just cur- dude. I don't get to experience this stuff obviously, so yeah. I'm curious as to what that is like. Not just coaching seniors and 
guys you go back with quite a ways, but how you communicate with them in match. To me, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, so I think the reason why I've been in question, Sacramento is another one. Um, you know, those three guys, they know they know what they want to do. So the, me as a coach, they're looking for me to make sure that they get the points that they were awarded or make sure that, you know, I am their voice while they can just focus on their opponent. And they know that, you know, they, they know that that's what I'm out there to do for them. Um, as far as like any, the, the communication is, um, you know, it's, it's not really like, you know, it's, they trust. I think there's a trust already there. So that's it. Like they know that I'm not going to screw, you know, I'm, I, I care more about this as, um, as much as they do uh, for their win. And not that their sponsored coaches don't, but sometimes you just show up and you're meeting your, you know, your, your sponsored coach, whoever, you know, whatever club you're at and you haven't talked to them in months and they see you for the first time when they're standing in your corner. Um, so I just think there's an advantage there because we're con- we're talking all the way up to the tournament. We're not talking just at the tournament. Um, we're practicing together um, with Cheney. I, I didn't get to practice with him, but we warmed up together and talked about some of the things that he wants to do. Um, I was his warm up partner last year here, and so he was talking while warming up. But that's just you know, there's, I think trust is probably just an advantage. Cheney and Fisher meet each other tomorrow. Whose corner are you in? You have to be in Fisher's, right? Because he's representing your club. Yep. That's right. Um, he's representing Kirby, so I'm in. I'm in Fisher's corner. That's um, nice. I I mean, look, I don't know if I hope it happens or not. You know, I mean, I guess I hope everybody wins. I, I don't know. I have no rooting interest. But just personally, yep. it would be fun to watch. Yeah, it'd be. Uh, and again, it's just. You know, I know these guys already been talking. You know, they've been around the sport so much. This, they, you know, when they wrestled, six minutes of war, and probably hugs, and not too much long after that. Like, um, they're a true gentleman of the sport. It's not a big deal. I think it was maybe when they were twenty. <laughs> you know, we all yeah, wanted to keep this shit. Yeah, that's the point, other. though. That's the point. Where everybody's in their thirties now. Just like it's a different <clears throat> meaning, you know? It's not like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's not everybody coming up and, you know, trying to prove themselves any longer. I mean, they're, they're, they're both world team members. That's right. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about that situation, you know? I mean, as close as he is with, <laughs> with Jamie, he is with Rao, and, you know, they all, they all live together, so, okay. at one point or another. <laughs> one, okay. So... When you and I have talked uh, just privately, uh, you know, and you know, dopey phone conversations that wind up going nowhere. Yeah. We have talked about this event in the past. You know, we always talk about it in the past tense. You know, like we covered this with Hall and Spencer, and it's like, you know, and they don't see things as much. I prob. I mean, uh, obvious. Obviously, they cannot see things as much as uh, through the, you know, fans' perspective, which is uh, that's where I operate from. I, I see this as a spectator sport, not as somebody necessarily from the, uh, 
you know, the crux of the inside of it, I, I think. And it's the Open is the Open. It's a prestigious event. It's the second most important domestic tournament we have in this country. But in years past, it was a bigger deal. Uh, it was a huge deal. I mean, we've talked about like what those brackets looked like at, on you know certain years. You know, you know what dozens of guys practically. It seems just by looking at the pre-seeds and who's listed, who's registered, and all of that, it it does look like it has taken a big step up. My question to you is, how important is the Open just related to the general health of Greco-Roman in this country? Forgetting about the trials implications, winner getting a buy and all that. Just the Open for what it represents and what it's supposed to mean. How important is it to see a, a greater breadth of participation in 2018? I mean... You know, we always, everyone always just talks about like the old time. I think that's what you're talking about with Dennis Hall. I mean, I think when I all American, there was over 20 in the weight class and you some, you know, we didn't have as many weights and now there's more weights and now the, the numbers look a little less per weight class. Um, I mean, I think having big numbers is always huge. Um, it, it makes, it kind of solidifies the spot that you, you know, you felt like you earned. Um, and I'm not sure, I have no idea the reason why, other than the increased weight classes, why the participation goes down, but I mean, I'd love to see these UWW juniors all enter into, I wish they could all, I wish it was a different time so that they could do all, I think Brandon Paulson put something that he did them all in one week. So the only way that was, if that's possible is if all the tournament dates are on, you know, it's all different parts of the week, but UWW juniors going at the same time is senior Greco and I'd like to see those guys in that tournament. I think that would help um, show where they're at as you know, I wrestled in the uh, in the U S open as a senior in high school. I came to the Southeast regionals. I wrestled in that uh, qualified Fargo there. And then I was convinced to go and wrestle because it was on a different day at the U S open by the Fraunhofer and my brother. And so I did. And, you know, you can't do that as a UWW junior now because it's going the same time. So, you know, I, I think if you could do that, I think you'd get more numbers for this tournament. And I think that would, I always think more numbers is better. No, absolutely. More participation, not less is always the key, especially at the senior level. I, I don't want to sound like a complainer. I'm not a complainer. Uh, at least not by nature. I, I try not to be a complainer, try not to be a whiner. Uh, right. But there's just too much stuff going on. You know, I, I, it would be great if it was just <sighs> compartmentalized a little bit more spread out to, like you say, into either, to, you know, different parts of the week or isolate the junior trials altogether. Well, the junior, well, junior nationals yep. altogether, you know, just do it that way. It, it, it's just such a like a like a wave just crashing down. It's so it's 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 like it's a dichotomy because Greco needs it. You know, Greco needs to kind of you know have a chance to take over uh, an event in this country, especially. But it's like 
the junior and seniors taking place at the same time, it's inundation. It's it's almost too much for the casual fan to keep up with, and then you wonder why they focus back on freestyle because it's easier for them to pay attention to. I agree a hundred percent. I would have, I'd put UWW juniors with the mass the first day of the Monday and just get them, you know, they they go first and then right after they're done they get a day to recuperate, weigh in and wrestle at the open. If they, choose, if they so choose. And I know a bunch would. Um, you know, especially maybe they had a bad term or they had a good term. They're like, wait, I, I think I could go to the next level. But not even letting them wrestle at the next level, They maybe they don't even... I mean, I know some college guys that are wrestling in the Greco that may... <clears throat> you know, might not be able to wrestle... You know, they may never wrestle in the Open because they're still wrestling in college, but that weekend they would have. Right, yeah, the scheduling. That's another thing. It's just whatever. I, I just want to see the Open recognized for, you know, how how it was looked at when I was young and the way I saw that tournament. And It's not that it, it's, you know, it's not like it's shuffled to the side or anything like that. I don't want to make it sound like I think it is. It's just it's such a barometer for the health of Greco that – the bigger it is, the better it is for everyone, you know, athletes, coaches, and fans alike. I don't know. I don't know. We're seven weeks away from the trial, so at least that in term, I, I think, gives everybody a chance to get re-pumped up for the next big event, which is obviously the biggest event in the, of the year, the World Team Trials. So that's my opinion. Moving well, on. I would say that the – so I – Last year, it was just me and uh, two of my, you know, college age guys. And this year, we brought um, three kids, um, three UWWs, and three Open. And the kids just wrestled Greco today, and now they're gonna. They can't wait to wrestle uh, again tomorrow. But they also want to watch, you know, the the senior Greco. And now they parents have already booked. Believe it or not, my, I have two parents that are already booked next year's trip. Um, and I'm hoping to bring 10 kids next year. Because um, it's kind of, the, you know, basically instead of, you know, said you don't want to be a complainer. And I don't, I agree. If you complain, you're part of the problem. Um, you know, I'm like, well, hey, I didn't say I was part of the problem, but whatever. No, I know. Right, right. They say, if you, you know, we don't want to be complainers. So I, uh, you know, I drove to Disney. We, we we drove with like six wrestlers the year that we went in 98. And I want my kids to have that same, because it's some of the best memories of my life. My like, guys, you guys go to this, and then you get to watch the best wrestlers on the planet. Um, my One of my parents met Joe Betterman. I'm like, she's like, he's the man. He's a nice guy. I'm like, yeah, he's an Olympian. <laughs> like, you know, um, experience all the way around, and the tournament had great participation at the regional level. And if we can continue to guess that up, um, I think you get more, you know, you get more junior and then you get more open you get more masters because those guys that are coaching are thinking that they can wrestle. And I mean, this has got some awesome energy out here. Um, and Greco included. I mean, maybe the coverage um, as far as like, you know, 
you know, the flow or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been really watching. Um, I've actually basically been in the room the, the last two days straight. So, um, no time to really read too much other than the tweets that you keep sending my way. (laughs) 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 All right. Profile pic. Yeah. That's an awesome one. It's never going to (laughs) end. It's never going to end. Never going to end. No, I was thinking about that. It's like, I probably spend too much time like scrubbing for images Searching for images of your face. <laughs> it's just like the perfect kind of little, you know, I, dude, I have no free time. Like, there's zero free time. Like, there's, I don't have, like, hobby time or anything like that. There's no, I don't, like, here, you know, people have shows. They have their shows, like Netflix or whatever it is. Like, you know, whatever kind of serial type of show that they watch, that's kind of like, you know, the the culture now I, I have none of it none of it I, except for sometimes I'll allow myself Seinfeld at 11 p.m. on channel 11 it's channel 11 for you too right up there in upstate WPIX what picks no yeah no it's not 11 for uh, we don't have that like I think I had to get get out of Westchester maybe or something like that. Uh, it's, it's so bothersome to me. Like the fact that you live in New York State and you don't have Channel Eleven. Like I grew up in I mean, New Jersey. We, Granted, it was ten miles yeah, away from not New 11. York. What? I mean, we have PIX. We just don't. It's not Eleven. I mean, we just. Yeah, it says it on the corner, but it's not Channel Eleven. It's got to be Channel Eleven. It wouldn't feel right. You know, we've been right. talking yeah. about. We've been talking in, in my house about undoing DirecTV and going towards, you know, what one of those like, uh, you know, a streaming, Roku. yeah, something like that, like a streaming service, like Slingbox or whatever it is. And uh, there's YouTube TV now, even though the reviews on that aren't so fantastic, but whatever. And I have yep. like the worst anxiety over it because I know that if we do that, I'm going to lose Channel 11. Which I've had my entire life, probably. <laughs> like, I've always had yep. Channel 11. And watching Seinfeld at 11 on Channel 11, that's been, like, the routine since my junior year of high school, which was, you know, 100 years ago now. So, I just, <laughs> oh, my Same gosh. here for me. Yeah, just I don't want it to end. All right, whatever. Anyway, so my point is, is that, not, we really went off the rails there, but my point is, is that I don't have... <laughs> free time and that doesn't make me special I'm not saying I'm not saying it's like oh that's some element of my uniqueness I'm like this rare delicate flower oh Tim doesn't have free time he's always working he's always writing or something stupid like that that's not how I mean it but it's the truth I, I just don't I don't have breathe out time I just don't There's too much too much going on <laughs> you sound on. like me when it comes to losing matches <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know what the problem is, is that when I, when I do allow myself to take like snippets of breaks here and there, let's say I'm working on a, a piece or something and I'm like, okay, time to take my eyes off this for five, ten minutes to like, you know, power back up or whatever it is. I spend that time looking for pictures to embarrass you. That's probably yeah, I, not I, like the most constructive way for me to use that time. Oh, you're giving me relevancy. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, so out of 
<laughs> out of the not counting any of the athletes you have to deal with or, or anything yep. like that, what are the as just I, I'm keeping it on senior for now. What are the weight classes you're most looking forward to checking out? Be that the finals or even before that. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah. That's number one for you. That's the number one weight class outside of eighty-seven. Um, eighty-seven, obviously, uh, but I have so many ties there, so. Taking your previous, uh, you know, filter of closeness, 77 is the next. Um, and I have Max Nowry, I want to see him wrestle. Um, so, and Jess, I'm coaching Jesse Williams as well here, so. Right. Well, Definitely, 60, but that's, that's a tie. So. 67's tough. Um, 67 yeah. is one of the very few weights, however, that has a true number one, um, which is obviously that's Ellis Coleman. He's the true number one. But a lot of the other weight classes, you really – it's tough to – kind. Of, I mean, Kamal at 77, you could say, is a true number one. But by yeah. and large, you can't look at all of the other weights, the other seven or so weights, and say – yeah, this guy's no doubt about it. I mean, 55 is Max, Hayeswinkle, and Miranda. Those are the top three. 60 is kind of close with Ildar, Taylor Lamont, Dalton Roberts. And you'd still probably lean more towards Ildar at this stage. Probably, even though Lamont gave him you know, a, a hell of a match last year at the trials. 63. Yep. Look who you got at 63. You got Thilke, Ryan Mango, Hayden Tuma, Xavier Johnson. Xavier Johnson's, uh, you know, he's a verifiable beast. I don't know if this is the year for him, but eventually he's yep. going to have one. But 67, you stop there. You got Coleman, and then your second seed's going to be Bunker. You got Austin Morrow, Jamal Johnson. You got Williams. But to me... 72 might be the most compelling because you've got three previous senior trials winners, and that's Ray Vaughn, Patrick Smith, Chris Gonzalez, Alex Sancho, U23 world team member, Alex Mossing, U23 world team member. You throw in Colin Schubert. Gonzalez went down. Gonzalez went down, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Wrestled, um, he wrestled at 72 in New York. And he made the final yes, against. Is it seventy? But on the pre-reg. No, he's he's oh, listed I thought as seventy-two. Um, oh, okay. So unless there's a big giant clerical error, I'm I'm expecting him at seventy-two. I mean, he wrestled seventy-two in New York, and he looked great. I mean, this is yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. He's a dude who went over to MMA. He's not training on a full-time basis anymore, and. Yep. He might be even more competitive than he was, uh, as as difficult as it might be to believe. Uh, just he he was incredible, and he was doing really wrestling really sharply against Sancho, and then Sancho in the la very last second. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, literally the last second, the last second of the match, Sancho forces a step out uh, to win. It was incredible. It's incredible ending. But you're saying seventy seven. 87 has the most 
credentialed guys. You know, that's even yep. with that's what's crazy. And I, I mean, I wrote that this week, but like, look at '87 with '87 lost John Anderson to you know deployment and Lucas Sheridan to '97. Even with that, they've the weight class made up for it with the addition of Cheney and Jake Fisher. Yep. It's crazy. Like, I was just about to, like, start a narrative where it's like, okay, 87's still tough, just not quite as tough as it was last year, so on and so forth. Patrick Martinez isn't in the tournament either, blah, 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 blah. And instead, yeah. look, Cheney and Jake Fisher uh, – throwing some star power in there right away. Well, I'd say this, I call 87 like the chess weight class because everyone's got a game plan that they've stuck to. And, you know, whoever's game plan lasts or, you know, whoever makes small adjustments will win. With 77, there's so many guys that love 50-50 positions that, you know, it's it's body locks everywhere. You don't know. I couldn't tell you. You know what? What? Yeah, I, I. There's too many, too many high, high throwers in that way. I don't think it's going to be boring, and I don't think the 87 is boring either. I think that those guys are just very much exactly what they want to get. Well, 87 and how to protect is, themselves. No, you, yeah, but you said it right. 87 is a more tactical weight class. Let Let me ask yeah. you this though. You, I mean, I'm not asking you for prediction. I don't do predictions and all that. All I do publicly is I allude to who the favorites are, who you would look at as like the premier uh, contenders for each weight. I, we don't. I mean, that's that's in the style guide. That's policy. Is not. That's not a that's not a road we'll go down. Uh, you know, predictions, yep. picking where guys are going to end up. I mean, it's, it's it, first off, it's useless. Second of all, it's counterproductive to what we're trying to do in terms of building the sport. But yep. to you, is Kamal the number one? At like when I say, obviously he's the number one, but I don't mean is he the number one. He's certainly the number one. But are you looking at him as like, yeah, I mean, he's he's the. It would be an, a, a surprise if he didn't win. Are you seeing Kamal that way? be a surprise if he didn't but because you know for another that time you get tossed here and well um but he always seems to get the last one in the match you know it just seems like every you know he got the fall or it's four four and then he's the four down four whatever it is um he always seems to get the last one. So to me, you know, he, he always finds a way. Um, and now that the other, the other guys don't, I know they're all, they're all tough and they've all been really close to beating him. And maybe have in the past, but you know, yeah, I guess you, you cannot say he's, he is the number one guy because he always finds, you know, he's been beating everyone. Yeah, I agree. But I wouldn't be surprised. No, I don't think I'd be surprised. It'd be like, well, I mean, this is this weight class is like fireworks, you know. <laughs> this is what you get. So, no, no, tacticians no. are the ones that the guys that always dominate, and those are the ones that you're a little more surprised on. 
Um, but he's, yeah, everybody can throw in that way. You know, the top guys anyway. John Jays, Kendrick, Porter, Bay. I mean, those guys are, they all have a freakish ability. Yeah, they all do. And the fact that Chavez went back down to 77, I think, is a good sign. I think that's a... Yeah, he looked a little small at AC compared to, you know, Spieler at that tournament. Yeah, I mean, he could hang in there for sure, but if he if if doing the same day weigh-in at 77 is not a problem for him, I, I believe it's where he should be. He yep. He's... He's a really difficult wrestler for these guys to go up against, too, because his, what I like about Chavez the most is his, he's got, like, really, really incredible balance. You know, yep. like just, just, it's like he's, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you could put it in technical terms far better than I could. I would assume you could, but it's like... He really doesn't get moved off his spot unless he's the one dictating that happening. And it's just, yep. it's just that, really tough. That happened last year here. Yes, yes. And his and his bout with Kamal. He's, he's through, I think he gave up. Yeah, I think a lot of those points that he gave up, though, he initiated the, the contact. He initiated the throw. Or he initiated the position like, And either got rethrown or threw to his back, and then he also hit throws. I mean, the, throw, the match is awesome. They're the best match of the day of the week for me, um, out of all the matches I watch. And there he was, Joe Ussolini. There he is. Um, yeah, Joe is one of the great minds of the sport in our country. He's extremely passionate about Greco-Roman wrestling, just really wrestling in general. But he's a Greco-Roman guy first. He's a Northern guy, which was. Which I thought was awesome. We had Joe and Spencer on back to back, and I don't think we, we we haven't had that yet. Two northern guys on the same episode, so I thought that was pretty cool. But Joe brings a, a kind of a unique perspective since he's coaching both youth athletes and you know, and now he's got seniors at the same time, and just given you know the how quickly he's how quickly he has begun to rise as a coach in the U.S. and everything else, I, I, yeah, I, I want to pop him on. Yeah, and do I make fun of him? Yeah, do I tease him incessantly? He doesn't deserve a quarter of the grief I give him, uh, for sure. Then again, that's what makes it so enjoyable, I would suppose. But, uh, yeah, either way, I was really happy uh, that Joe decided to call in uh, from Vegas, where he'll be you know, coaching Jake Fisher. So, if hopefully... By the time you hear this, Fisher hasn't competed yet. Then that may very well be the case. But uh, nevertheless, I, Joe brings valuable insights, and uh, yeah, we love him. So um, the other thing I wanted to address, uh, I think you know, it's odd having to do this, uh, especially this way. I, th- I think anybody who has listened to the podcast can tell that I, I am not a very good speaker. I am not a gifted speaker. It is not a strength of mine. Uh, that's why you get a writing degree, for crying out loud. But uh, yeah, just without getting tangential and hopefully without a you know even a twinge of self-importance, um, I just wanted to 
uh, acknowledged Five Point Move getting voted Website of the Year by the National Wrestling Media Association. Obviously, this was a huge deal. Very huge deal. Uh, a big honor. It's something I, I could tell you I didn't expect. But as soon as I found out, my thoughts immediately went to the athletes. Went to the current athletes whom I you know, have a, an enormous working relationship with, essentially. And uh, also it went to the retired athletes. A lot of men who I've gotten to know throughout the years, even before Five Point, and uh, maybe I've even shared mat space with them on occasion, who knows. But um, yeah, you know, Five Point, that's what Five Point Move is about, okay, um, is creating exposure for the Greco-Roman athletes in this country and building awareness for the sport. That's the vision. That's the drive. That'll never change. Uh, three priorities, faith, family, five point. Uh, that's the mantra. That's what, I mean, that's what, uh, kind of keeps, kind of keeps me going. And, um, yeah, it was a big deal and I did not consider this a win for five point. I did not consider this to be a win for myself. Uh, for sure. Uh, I loathe self-importance. I hate saying the word I. I. I try to avoid it. It's tough to do. But yeah, no, this wasn't a win for uh, myself or the platform. This was I considered this to be a win for Greco. Um, that's what I cared about. That's where my thoughts and feelings go. And, uh, you know, I... You know, no pretense. I mean, I'm a faithful person. Um, you know, I give thanks to God and for just putting putting us in this position to be able to do what we do, and for putting me in this position to be able to help put a voice and um, you know some some kind of uh, awareness uh, for the athletes out there and. Whatever, I just, I don't know. If you if you want me to write this out, I could do it much better than actually, than actually speaking it. That's just how life is. So, But look, if you're listening to this, you played a role, and you're a part of it. And without your support, Five Point would not have grown to the stature it currently is enjoying, and it's continuing to grow. And I'm very appreciative of all the support and all the readers and all the comments, kind words, and everything else. Um, I can tell you we're going to work harder and harder and harder and harder, and we're going to keep doing our best. And it's for the love of the sport, love of the athletes. You know, Faith Family Five Point, that's what it's about. It's also about Dennis Hall, who has a Twitter account that needs followers. Um, well, I mean, it's not like it needs followers so much as it would be funny if you followed him because he really doesn't use it. If Hall were to use it, I'm, I'm sure he would become very popular on Twitter. I mean, I just think he would if he like, you know, was himself and, you know, just went uncorked. I, I think it would blow up, but I mean, that's, you know, that's, I don't think that's his gig, but I'm trying to prod him into it. So either way, Give him a follow. That's at Dennis Hall WGW. And as always, please follow Five Point Move. That's fivepointmove.com. And on Twitter, that is at 5PT Move. We're going to try to pump up the regularity of these podcasts, get them out there a little bit more often. Um, 
Either way, hopefully episode number 16 arrives sooner rather than later. But before then, please enjoy the U.S. Open. We're going to break that down next time anyway. And that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.